Brian Wells, and I'm a fourth-generation homesteader. Since 2008, my family and I have been homesteading here in beautiful upstate New York. In 2019, I launched the Homestead Journey podcast to help people just like you get started and find success on their journey towards self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. This is the Homestead Journey, and this is Season 4. Is Season 4. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Homestead Journey Podcast. It has been a couple of weeks, but we're back at it. This is Season 4, and this is Episode number 161. I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. I should also say very, very rainy upstate New York. Although, thankfully, we don't live in central Vermont because they really have been struggling um, with an abundance of rain. And we should call it an overabundance of rain and some flooding issues there. Uh, And even a little bit farther north of us had some flooding and uh, farther south of us here in New York State have been struggling with some flooding issues. It's just been a very, very weird year. It started out very, very wet, then it got very, very dry, and then it has just been, it's been incredible the amount of water that we have gotten. Well, Bonnie and I were gone last weekend for our anniversary trip, and we'll talk about that a little bit here in a moment. A local vegetable farmer uh, posted some video of her farm, which was fully submerged underwater. They had gotten five inches of rain in a relatively short amount of time, and it was still coming down. Um, It's just amazing, the power of water and what what it can do when you get a lot of it in a short amount of time. Uh, We just have had so much rain here. Um, It's 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 been incredible. Um, Thankfully, We've been spared the flooding issues that others have experienced, but certainly our thoughts are are with those who are dealing with the aftermath of that, and it just keeps continuing to rain. Uh, it's just been absolutely amazing uh, to me. It's I, I'm not sure if we've had a couple of days in a row uh, without rain over the last couple of weeks. It's one of those things where you don't get enough of it, and you complain, and then you get too much of it, and you complain. But as I've oft quoted my grandfather, Papa used to say, whether the weather be cold, whether the weather be hot, the weather's the weather, no matter the weather, whether we like it or not. So as I mentioned, Bonnie and I uh, did celebrate our 24th wedding anniversary last weekend. That's why there was no episode posted last weekend. Bonnie and I were away for the weekend up in the Adirondacks, really had a, a wonderful time up there, a very, very beautiful Airbnb, did some hiking and went to the top of Whiteface Mountain, just really had a great time enjoying each other's company. And I like to say that I'm 24 years into a life sentence. 
<laughs> but I did want to start this episode by just giving Bonnie a shout out. I am very, very blessed. She certainly uh, got the raw end of this deal. Um, I am very, very blessed to have her as my my wife, as my companion, as my soulmate, and it's just been an absolute joy to uh, to walk this journey with her over the past 24 years, and I am looking forward to many, many, many more years to come. Having said that, the last couple of weeks certainly have been interesting ones here for us. A lot of time away from the homestead. Uh, and so let's jump on over to this week's homestead happenings, and I will bring you up to speed with what we've been up to here on 3B Farm and Homestead. So as I mentioned, we have spent quite a bit of time away from the homestead over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we started out by visiting my in-laws for a couple of days over the 4th of July. And then, as I mentioned, we were away for our anniversary weekend. But then, unfortunately, we had to spend some time away from the homestead this weekend because on the 4th of July, my oldest cousin, John Mark uh, Ferber, um, passed away in an automobile accident. Now, we think that he had a heart attack, which led to the automobile accident, um, but unfortunately, he didn't survive. And so yesterday, my wife and I found ourselves down in Allentown, Pennsylvania area, attending his funeral. And so that was certainly a very, very um, sad occasion. Um, but it was also, it was just amazing to see the impact that my cousin had had on, on so many different individuals. My cousin was heavily involved in the motorcycle scene. He was a wheeler and dealer in bike parts and, and, and motorcycles in general, but in particular VMAX motorcycles. Uh, and just the impact that he had had in that community and the local community where he lived, it, it was amazing. Uh, hundreds of people uh, showed up to pay their last respects to him. People rode down from as far as, I believe, up in Ontario. Somebody came from Missouri. It was just amazing to see that. And it really got me to thinking about oh, what kind of a legacy um, am I leaving? And I think that each one of us really need to stop and to think about, um, you know, eventually our number is going to get called. None of us know when that day is going to come. And so what are we doing to make positive impact? What are we doing to make a positive change and to make the world a better place? And I was just very, very blessed to call him my cousin and just to see the impact that he had had was, was certainly heartwarming in the midst of a sad occasion. Another uh, unfortunate event that we had to go through here on our homestead is that our faithful dog, Pretty, uh, of 13 years, um, we had to have her euthanized on Wednesday. She had been ailing for quite a bit. Um, we thought that she was dealing with some chronic Lyme. Um, we've had to have her treated for Lyme disease uh, a number of times. And she really was just finding it very hard to, to get around and to 
um, even, even to get up when she was laying down. Now our floors are hardwood floors. We have tile in our kitchen and so those being slick surfaces can be a little tough to get up on anyhow. But uh, when we saw that she was not eating well, we took her to an emergency vet and um, they did an ultrasound. They found that she had a mass in her, in her abdomen. And so we just felt like the right thing to do was to uh, send her over the rainbow. And so that's what we did. Bonnie and I were both there as they put her to sleep. It's the first time I honestly have ever gone through that in my entire life. Um, I would rather not go through that ever again. I just can't say enough good things about the staff and the vet at the, uh, at the hospital. They were so, um, just gracious and giving us room to grieve, explaining the process, grieving with us, uh, walking us through it. Um, the vet soothed, not just the dog in, in her final moments, but, but was also really very soothing to Bonnie and I. And, um, it was uh, it was very very meaningful to us. Um, so pretty now is uh, back here on the homestead. We we dug a, a grave, a very a large one. She was a big dog. In fact, they were going to send her home in a um, in a cardboard kind of box slash casket thing, and they didn't even have one big enough for her. Um, and so. Got her home on Wednesday night and dug a hole, and uh, the plan is if we can stop getting all of this rain um, to plant wildflowers uh, on her on her grave, and um, we will always remember her. It's it's also very difficult. The transitions that we're going through here on the homestead are emotional, and to add um, losing the dog that you've watched your son grow up with. Um, not that it's ever easy, uh, to, to lose a pet, but, you know, as we were thinking about Brian Jay going off to college, certainly the thought in the back of my mind was, well, at least we'll have pretty here to, you know, that the house won't be quite as quiet. Um, and that unfortunately will not be the case. I find myself in the middle of the night getting, up if I have to get up to go to the bathroom or something like that. Pretty would always sleep in the hallway right outside our door. And so you'd kind of have to crawl around her or crawl over, or <laughs> try not to step on her, a black dog in the dark hallway. Uh, and I found myself um, trying to figure out where she is. And, and of course, she's not there. And so that is a tough reminder. But it's one of those things that uh, if you have a pet, eventually you're going to go through that. And so this week was certainly our our time to, to walk that road. And um, like I said, I'd rather not walk it uh, again um, anytime soon. Now, on to some positive notes. Things here on the homestead are going well with the garden exploding in abundance I am dealing with some deer and I'm, I'm, I think it's deer that are jumping over the fence and eating off some of the, the tops of my beans. I thought I had them chased off, but it looks like they're back. They ate off some of my peas up in the Ruth stout bed. So that's a bit frustrating. Um, but my potatoes are going like gangbusters. Uh, my summer squash is looking good. Beets, turnips, radishes, lettuce, 
all looking very, very good. My tomatoes are starting to take off. Uh, some of my brassicas are looking um, good. And it's about time for me to harvest my garlic. And so that's very exciting. And so definitely enjoying the abundance of the garden has been a very, very positive thing here on the homestead. We've really enjoyed uh, a lot of salads. We had some tacos today and the lettuce in the, in the tacos came from the garden. Been enjoying roasted root vegetable medleys. I love roasted turnips and roasted radishes and roasted carrots and, and roasted beets. It's just delicious. Coat, the, coat those with some olive oil, throw those in the oven, and mm, that will eat. Yum, yum, yum. And so we've been enjoying those kinds of things. The last thing I did want to share with you is that uh, we did send some pigs off to the auction last weekend, and it looks like the rest of the breeding stock is going to be heading off the farm in a couple of weeks, and then we will officially be out of pigs here on 3B Farm and Homestead as we continue making some adjustments because the empty nest looms. And so we're going to talk some more about that here on Charting the Course. Let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course segment. So on this week's Charting the Course, I want to really talk about three questions that we are trying to answer as we attempt to what I'm going to call right-size our homestead. And I think these three questions are questions that anyone who is going through the empty nest process really should be asking themselves. The answers to these questions are going to be different for every family, every homestead, because each one of us is walking a different path and each one of us find ourselves in different homesteading situations. But I do think that at least thinking about these questions will be very key to help you right size your homestead. Now, what do I mean by right size? Well, for some people, it may mean that they want to downsize their homestead. And I think for us right now, to a certain extent, that's where we're finding ourselves. There are some things that we're cutting back on. We're getting out of pigs. We aren't raising as many chickens. I don't think we're going to do any meat birds this year because we are really trying to right-size our homestead to fit the new normal, we'll call it. <laughs> now, for some people, they may want to upsize their homestead. They may find that as their kids go off to college, it's going to free them up to do some things that maybe in the past they've wanted to do. Maybe people will want to get into farmer's markets or to start up a home-based business, maybe make and sell soaps or make and sell jams or whatever it might be. And so for some families, upsizing their homestead might be the, uh, the way that they're going to go. And in some areas, maybe people are going to upsize and other areas are going to downsize. And so that's why I'm calling it right size. I think it's important as you go through the emptiness process to ask these questions so that your homestead is adjusted for how things are going to be going forward. So question number one, as you think about your kids leaving the nest, what do your children contribute to your homestead? Now, certainly the first thing that comes to my mind has to do with 
labor, the things that he does around here. As he's gotten older, obviously he's gotten involved in more things and there was more responsibility that was shifted onto his shoulders. For a number of years, he was the principal caretaker of our chickens. Now, over probably the last year, year and a half, as he's gotten really involved in working off the, the homestead and he was involved in a number of different activities uh, outside of the homestead through school and, and other things, we've assumed more of those roles and responsibilities from him. But as I said, every family is going to find themselves in a bit of a different situation. And I know of people who have started uh, home-based businesses. Uh, one family that comes to my mind had a poultry processing um, business that they had started. I, I think they had eight or 10 kids. And so it was certainly a lot of labor that they had available to them over a good number of years. But as the kids started to get older and started to leave the homestead, now at that point, they have to ask themselves with this labor that's to a certain extent disappearing, what do they contribute and how are we going to account for that? Are we going to hire people to come in and to replace that labor? Are we going to downsize? What are we going to need to do as we think about what it is that our kids contribute to the homestead. But it's not just in the area of labor that he contributes. He also contributes ideas. So we bounce ideas off of him and we solicit his feedback. So there are certain things that we plant in the garden, for example, that are things that he likes. There are certain chickens that we raise that are chickens that he likes. And so as we go to order our chicks every year, and I've had him on the podcast before, you know, he provides me with input as far as maybe breeds that we might want to get. And so again, as you think about those children leaving the homestead and those contributions, what are you going to do there? Are you going to continue to plant the things that they like to eat? Do you and your wife, your, 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 your husband, do you like eating that? Or were you only planting those things because that's what they wanted? Are you only raising those chickens in our case, because that's what he wanted. And so as you start asking yourself, what do they contribute? It starts really bringing into focus maybe areas where you need to consider making some adjustments. So for us, uh, again, thinking about the breeds of chickens that we've raised over a number of years, I'm not 100% sure I will continue to raise white leggerns. I've never really cared for white leggerns. I've only raised white leggerns because Brian J. liked them. I don't really care for them personality-wise. I don't really care for them aesthetically. The only thing that they're really great about is they produce a crap ton of eggs. But other than that, white leggerns really don't do much for me. So that may be something that in the future I'm not going to have as part of my flock because that was kind of his contribution <laughs> to, to that and and for me, that I, I'm not 100% sure I'll continue to go in that direction. I may just for sentimental reasons because I'm a sentimental old fool uh, and many, many times. But certainly that's a consideration. Another thing is he likes English peas. 
I don't like shucking peas. I would much rather eat sugar snap peas, if I'm being honest. But I've been planting English peas the last several years because he likes English peas. Now, am I going to continue to plant English peas? I don't know. Maybe over the next several years I will because during the summer there's a good chance that he'll be home during summer break. We'll see as, as time goes on. But certainly the contributions that he has made with regard to giving guidance to the things that we plant and that we raise here on the homestead are things that we will reconsider as we move forward. The second question that we're asking ourselves is, what does he consume? As we think about how many chickens we might want to raise for meat birds, we're not going to need as much meat if he's not here. I may not need to plant as big of a garden if he's not here. So as we think about what he consumes here on the homestead, that's also going to help us right-size what we raise and grow to make sure that we're not overproducing things, that we're not spending more money than we need to, that we're not spending more time, effort, and energy than we need to on things that we aren't necessarily going to need because he's not here to consume those things. But it's not even just thinking about food. It's also thinking about from a time perspective. Are there certain activities that your child was involved in that have been consuming time and now it's going to free you up to do other things? In my case, Brian Jay was involved in scouts and so I was heavily involved in scouts. Once he became an eagle and I was able to pass on the baton, that's freed up at least one evening a week for me. And also sometimes a a weekend during the month where I can now do other things because that time commitment is no longer there. And so that may open up doors for you to do more things on your homestead because that time that was being consumed by your child has now been freed up for you to maybe do more food preservation, canning, freezing, dehydrating, fermenting, whatever it is, maybe to start some kind of a uh, a home-based business, maybe to start selling at farmer's markets, whatever it is, but if that time is freed up, it may give you an opportunity to do other things as you think about what is it that they consume. The last question that we're trying to answer is this. Probably I should call it questions (laughs) that we're trying to answer is what do we want and what do we need from our homestead? And that's one of the things where right now we are thinking that we want to cut back on some of the things that have nailed us down because we want a little bit more freedom to be able to roam about. So one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why we're getting out of pigs is because with the breed of pig that we had in particular, the American guinea hog, they have to be fed twice a day. So that meant that if we leave the homestead, we needed to not just get a farm sitter to come in once to check chickens and feed and water and that kind of thing, but we then needed to have morning and evening chores covered. By getting out of pigs, that is going to allow us a little bit more freedom to be able to come and go 
as we please. Now, this is not unique to homesteaders. We have a friend who just got done building an absolutely beautiful home. But what they found is that their oldest son is on the other side of the state in which they live. Their next eldest daughter is now many, many states away. And what they have decided is that the amount of money that they're putting into this beautiful home is really such that they'd rather sell that house and have that money available to them to be able to go see their kids. So those are all decisions that as we work through kind of this empty nest thing, whether you're on a homestead or whether you're not, it's trying to understand what do we need and what do we want from life. Obviously, in the context of homesteading, it's what do we need or what do we want from our homesteads? Do we want to grow more food? Do we want to scale up so that we can start some kind of a, 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 a home-based business, maybe up to this point, because your kids were involved in, in sports and you were doing a lot of traveling for that? You couldn't commit to doing weekend farmer's markets. Now that they're gone, you can scale up and you have dreams of selling homestead products at your local farmer's market, and now you're going to be able to do that. This is certainly a perfect opportunity for you to be able to make those changes as you think through what do we need and what do we want from our homestead. And there are no right or wrong answers to this. Every homestead is unique. Every individual is unique. And so what is going to be important to you it may be different than what is important to me. And that's okay. Keep in mind, this is the homestead journey. There's going to be peaks and valleys. There's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be times when we need more from our homestead. There's going to be times when we need less from our homestead. And so as we get into this next stage of life, as we head into these empty nest years, we are really trying to understand what do we need and what do we want from our homestead. So if you are getting ready to become an empty nester, Think about those questions. What do my kids contribute? What do my kids consume? And then what do we need or want from our homestead? Folks, that's it for this episode. I do hope that you found it helpful. If you have any questions, reach out to me. Brian at thehomesteadjourney.net is my email address. Uh, you can also reach us on all of the social media sites. The links are in the description. I am very, very excited that I have a very special guest who is going to be joining me here in the near future to talk about how she and her husband have been going through this same transition and how they have been dealing with trying to right-size their life and their homestead. So definitely stay tuned for that. You're not going to want to miss it. Until next time, everybody. Keep up the good work.